0: Hello, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener. Welcome to this special edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you linked here from our YouTube channel and aren't a regular listener, please consider subscribing and checking out our regular show, which is released every Thursday. If you're already one of our fourth listeners, we hope you'll enjoy this special edition, but don't worry, our regular show will be out on Thursday, right on schedule. All of us at Gen X Grown Up have a love for those classic arcade games we grew up playing in our corner arcades, so it should come as no surprise that we've been closely following the controversy surrounding Billy Mitchell. Mitchell, the first man to ever get a perfect score on Pac-Man, was in the news more than usual recently due to accusations of rules violations in achieving his recorded Donkey Kong high score. His score was removed from Twin Galaxies, the de facto video game high score governing body, he was barred from ever submitting again, and his Guinness World Record was removed. Now a few weeks ago we met up with Mitchell at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo for a quick interview where his answers to our questions were somewhat vague. And you can check that video out on our YouTube channel. linked down in the show notes. Our YouTube viewers demanded more detail and specificity though, so we followed up with Mitchell. George arranged for the phone interview you're about to hear. An edited version appears on our YouTube channel, again that video linked in our show notes as well, but we also wanted to share this full edit for anyone interested in getting more of the backstory from Billy Mitchell's perspective. And so with that, I'll hand it over to George. Billy Mitchell, welcome back to Gen X Grown
1: Up. How are you doing today, sir? I'm always good, always. And today's (laughs) no exception. You know that we did a little interview with you in Atlanta at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. It's actually gotten a huge reaction on our YouTube channel. Tons of comments, tons of views. It's doing really well as far as people wanting to find out what Billy Mitchell has to say about one topic and one topic in particular, the Donkey Kong high score, controversy that's been going on between yourself and the people who now run Twin Galaxies. So before we get into any of the details, I wanted to ask you one straightforward question, point blank. Did you use an emulator or MAME or modified board of any kind in achieving the high score that has now been removed from Twin Galaxies for Donkey Kong?
2: Okay, the answer is no, and then I'll expand on the answer. It's funny, I guess you've read a lot that's come out because... For the longest time, I heard the word maim, 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 maim. I guess I heard it a thousand times. Maim, maim, maim. Oh, they had them cornered. Oh, maim. They even had the version of maim. Maim, maim. And it's funny you're asking me this because it's their job to prove that I used something, but you're asking me to prove that I didn't. That is actually backwards from the way it's supposed to be, but I'm going to run with it.
1: Okay? Fair enough. So
2: MAME, 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 and then right at the end, when everyone realized it couldn't be, because according to the people who created MAME, the version that they said it was an exact duplicate of didn't exist, and it didn't exist for years until years after the scores. Well, so now when they made their decision, they said they can't say that it's MAME. They just say that it's not arcade. Not name, it's not arcade. And somebody said maybe it's extraterrestrial. <laughs> right. But we, can, but we can get past that point, and we can, we don't have to dwell on it. The answer is no, and it's not no from my point of view. It's no point of view of the gentleman who is the distributor who loaned us the game in order for us to have a Donkey Kong, because in the world's largest arcade down here that was here at the time, they had no Donkey Kong. Okay, he loaned it to us. It was his game. He loaned it out of his house. Okay, I know you understand what it means to be a distributor. Do you really think it's possible that he was mistaken? Okay, it was brought to um, the place by a guy who does nothing but puts games out. It was hooked up by the technician of the world's largest arcade, and the owner and manager, and um, three Twin Galaxies staff people who were there. Um, My own guy who saw to it that it was recorded um, by direct feed through a converter that nobody has ever worked with anybody until this year. All them people got it wrong? All them people made a mistake? No, I think it's possible it's a technology that they haven't used before. There's tremendous research going on, some of which I sent to you just prior to this phone call. That's and true. And certainly, it certainly paints a, a situation where there are thousands of possibilities, and one at a time they're being. Um, look through, they're being uncovered, if they could all possibly be uncovered. And all of that is considering the fact that everybody's operating in an honest world, looking for an honest understanding. And I don't believe that is the case, but that's okay.
1: No, you did not use any emulator of any kind, no modified board. It was a true Donkey Kong board and a true Donkey Kong cabinet. That is correct. And we don't have to
2: split hairs on particular games and mm-hmm. scores, because that 's what they did when they can 't find a tape they can 't find the tape right <laughs> i can 't find the tape, so they moved to other scores. Um, the other scores we'll just say the scores. The board was sent to and authenticated by Nintendo by the senior engineer. And all of that was facilitated through the TG ownership. And it was sent to the area manager of GameStop who hooked it up, who put it in the machine on video. He did it on camera and he padlocked the game, a guy that I had never met. And he left the event. He came back on a Tuesday, two days after I had left. He unpadlocked it. They took the board out and they sent it back to that senior engineer who authenticated it again as the same board that he had looked at, and then that board was returned. The paperwork, the airway bill, everything that happened back in 2007, I still have, and I supplied.
1: We've seen a couple of times where you've spoken like you did during our interview, where you've said, I'll be giving out some details soon. When we give out the details, you guys will understand my position a lot more and everything. But you hadn't up until recently really gone into the details of the entire situation. And one of the questions that I personally wanted to ask is, why did you decide that now was the time to start coming forward? Why not like when it was first happening and they were really targeting you? Why did it take this amount of time before you decided to speak on to the details and to us
2: well in all respect to you because you sound your question um, with all respect you sound like a tabloid journalist here first of all I did supply information immediately where the board came from or where the board was certified I supplied the information I still had the copies and the receipts of the converter and everything that I used and I supplied which was that which was immediately available to me my first reaction was not the even comment okay this is the stupidest thing in the world and it's not the first time that I've had stupidity come my way because we live in a in a hobby that has a lot of drama and a lot of stupidity some of which we participate in ourselves but nonetheless in order to give an intelligent answer in order to backtrack as far as 14 years okay in order to gather that information I was very sure very sure they were gonna find original tapes not to find no tape at all in one of the performance and in other performances, find not originals but copies. I was very sure something different was gonna happen, but it didn't. So when I look at the ignorance and the unprofessionalism and the lack of due diligence that went on, I really question whether or not I did the right thing, even addressing the situation at all. But it affected other people, other people involved. And so I decided to address it. And I guess, and sometimes, again, I'm regretful that i did however i'm giving the information for a couple of reasons to the point that i have and i'll just be straight with you okay i know you from the show Mm -hmm. you were very kind uh you always have been um you let me pick on you a little bit but (laughs) you, you, you always have been i don't mean to sound funny i could tell the story just about any venue in the hobby, maybe any, any venue in the world just about. Oh, of course, you would have just okay. about
1: everybody's ear, for sure. Right.
2: Um, I do a lot of shows, some of which I strictly have a business relationship with, many of which I have that plus a personal friendship with. And I have that personal friendship with the people at Southern Fried. And I thought, okay, why wouldn't I? And I told what I could tell up to that point. And there's more stuff. I had paperwork, um, some receipts, some testimonies, some copies, some emails, things that really make you scratch your head and I said that I had them and I was Welcome and happy to share them with anybody who chose to speak to me afterwards. Many people did. And the fact of the matter is, I won't lie to you. I do all this against the advice of people who probably have a, a better knowledge of what should be done legally. But I just I'm not just gonna sit silently. i don't I don't go silently. When you look at so much of what I spoke of there, okay, I mean, you have to there has to be something wrong with you if you just blindly, walk into the fire like some people have I understand when it first happens to scratch your head and wonder and a good person scratches their head and wonders and I say well there's a lot of good people who simply have honest questions so you try to answer them but there's also the people it doesn't matter what happens nothing will satisfy them they choose to live in a world of drama it's what they enjoy and those people I can't do anything about but other people who simply want to look at records and history and reasoning, those are the ones that I'll talk to. I guess that's what I'm doing now.
1: One of the things that you touched on just a little bit, and I want to delve in a little bit deeper to it, because it was something I found fascinating at Southern Pride Gaming Expo during your panel. Uh, when you talked about one of the reasons why you were speaking out a little bit about this now is because it was affecting other people. But during the panel, you were specifically picking out at least one individual that I remember in particular, Todd Rogers. Well, with Todd,
2: this fiasco that is said to be the dispute threat was created like in August, and he was immediately had his feet put to the fire. A score that he did 36 years ago, um, a score that is supported by Activision, Mm -hmm. a score that is supported by the game developer, the individual who did it. It was done in their booth, it was done at their show. Two different shows, two different cities, two different sets of media, two different sets of witnesses. Two different sets of Activision people, okay, documented and sent to Guinness two separate times. Most of these people don't know each other. Most of these people, many of these people haven't even met. How they would all get together to corroborate or somehow try to make this happen that's just stupid I'm sorry if you don't see something wrong there there's nothing I can do to help you he was an 18 year old punk do you think that he could do anything in in the world to smoke it past everybody um again if there's some other explanation if there was a change in hardware or software as the game was developed I I suppose that's a possibility but that would not put the blame or the deception onus on Todd not at all it's just. Stupid, And I mean, I think I said in the interview that you'd have to be like brain dead to believe that he could really pull that off. There's not a chance. And the truth is, I don't have much of a social media presence and a little bit that I have, if I have, is due to friends or family who insist on it and assist with it. And so So much of what he was doing, I was unaware of until right at the last end, I heard, oh, they're going to make an announcement in 72 hours. And I thought, what kind of announcement in 72 hours? What could they possibly announce? This was 36 years ago. And somehow they felt that they could undo history from 36 years, which is just stupid. Activision said they dubbed it the impossible score. There's a reason why they did. They dubbed it the impossible score. But if you think he smoked it past the whole world, and everybody involved twice there's nothing I can do to help you nothing if I said the sky was falling you would duck I'm saying it now with a lot less passion than I said it on stage and, and I won't lie to you I, I was saying it on stage I had a little guilt within me because I wasn't aware to the degree that Todd was going through it I didn't defend him with common sense like I am right now and I didn't defend him with the fact that the detractors that are out there the haters that are out there the people who have nothing going for themselves except to express a jealous contempt for somebody like Todd who has had good fortune and success i should have said something i should have spoken up i should have made common sense awareness and and i didn't so i did i I actually presented myself there in Atlanta from a little bit of a position of guilt. I felt bad. And the fact of the matter is once it began happening back in January and I began speaking out about it from a common sense position like now then i quickly became a target and like i said when i was there at the panel i don't know what happened the different possibilities from 1982 i don't know what happened but i know what didn't happen and what did not happen was a teenage punk walked into two separate cities and smoked it past the world twice okay there's nothing i can do to help you if you believe that
1: i love the way that you gave that answer because one of the things that i saw in seeing your panel that it was more of a a defense of others position that you were taking mm-hmm. more so than the defense of yourself, which I found very admirable. I do want to get to one thing that our that a lot of our viewers were asking, and that was for some of the specifics on what happened during your Donkey Kong High School plays and the people that were involved that were around, the video that was recorded to the separate monitors and why, you know, some people feel like that it looks separate because I know during the panel you gave some very coherent answers to why those things looked weird if you've shown them in a certain light but they have different explanations. So could you go into those details a little bit for us?
2: Well when you use a direct feed, the direct converter does not draw the signal off of the RGB monitor. I didn't know that the converter doesn't pull the signal from there. The converter pulls the signal or the capture directly from the board I learned that by calling the company and so what you're looking at when you see somebody else's recording and you see it directly next to mine and you say why does that look different it looks different because one is being recorded with a camera pointed at the monitor the other one is being recorded different because the signal is being captured from the board into the capture device say a vcr and then at a later time played on tv or crt so when they said look they look different oh my gosh it can't be a video game it must be main well when the gentleman came in the arcade and played them side by side and first of all we had trouble finding a crt (laughs) We went to the tv shop and the guy didn't have one and we we bought one online for 20 bucks off like craigslist or something and when we put the donkey kong play on the screen on the donkey kong screen and we had the other one run through the converter onto to the tv it looked exactly like they said and what i mean by that is They said it looked different. They said it couldn't be a video game monitor. They are correct, it's not. It never goes to the monitor. It goes from the board through the converter to the capture device. And what was kind of funny was, as you saw them play side by side, and you slowed it down real slow, the TV, the CRT signal was actually ahead of the RGB it was kind of wild. And so that was it. That's what they said. That was their claim. And never was there a, oh gee, oh wow, is that how it works? Oh, is that what a converter does? Oh, now we understand. It was nothing. We simply moved the goalpost. And when we moved the goalpost, they said, this
1: is drawing horizontal or vertical, and it should be drawing in the opposite direction. And let me um, stop you just for a second, Billy. When you say move the goalpost, you're speaking of the Twin Galaxies group moving the goalpost as to saying, like, okay, we thought this was wrong, but now you've shown that, so we're changing up what we think is wrong. Is that accurate? that That is
2: correct. All right. There were
1: decent people who worked reasonably hard at this outside of their job,
2: people who don't get paid, people who volunteer their work, People who continue to do it, never a bit of credit, never any understanding, not a word of positive. We simply move the goalpost and the goalpost was moved several times. It was said, gee, it's too bad we can't consider that because you didn't put it on the dispute page if that's not ignorant. But each time the goalpost was moved, for example, they said, we have a converter. We have one just like you. We ordered it. It's just like the one you have and they have been trying for a month and they could not get that converter to capture a signal and have it be in color. It was always black and white. The gentleman walked into arcade, um, a guy named Steve played, and got 321,000, the entire game was in color. And of course we made that available. And it was never any credit any understanding given of any time in any manner. It was, oh, here's more things for you to work on. And it was at that point we realized we shrugged our shoulders. Nothing is ever, ever going to make them happy. We're just going to sit here and run and run and run like Todd did, and the situation will never be right. And you sat there and you said, why? 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 Well, the last thing was, When finally we said, listen, guys, you're saying the finger girder only ever happened, and it only ever happened in Maine, and it only ever happened in this version of Maine, and everything that's happening is identical to that version
1: of Maine. I I want to point out to what you're speaking about because there are people who are probably going to watch and listen to this that aren't going to understand what you're talking about there. You're talking about the Maine version, and it was the 1.6. Six, I believe, or something like that. 1.116, 1.116. 1.116. Thank you. So you're talking about that Twin Galaxy said it has to be from that specific version of Maine because the way the gameplay looks is exactly the way it behaves in that version of Maine. Is that where we're at?
2: It's only the specific version that makes it appear like that, and not any other version. So they felt as though they clearly had it nailed down. When you put that together, I thought. I did. I mean, I'm scratching my head like, you know, there's another explanation. I live in an innocent world where I thought we were searching for an answer. And then when it was brought to our attention by a nice, hardworking person that the fact of the matter is go right on the main website. That version was not available until as much as three years later. And at that point, wow, I thought, oh, gee, that's the end of this. This is Finally, the stupidity. No, it's not. We're just going to say that that it's not mame, but it's not arcade.
1: So that's when and the I'll, terminology changed, then from mame to not arcade. Right
2: after saying, we're only here to determine if this is mame. We're only here to determine if this is mame. And I thought, I mean, I didn't have a care in the world because there's no way they're going to say that it's mame because it wasn't mame. But they simply changed the terminology. Of course, it was brought to my attention, the amount of money that was being made and the amount of hits that were being drawn.
1: And I thought, wow, everything has an answer now, doesn't it? Uh, let's go to a more simplistic question. Do you plan on trying to duplicate the Donkey Kong high score feat to prove you don't need the emulator, that you didn't have to do anything that they say you did, that you can do it on a real board? Do you plan on doing that in the future?
2: For the small percentage of people who would believe that I did that improperly, um, I've seriously considered that, and I really have, I've thought to myself, wow, is that really what I want to go through? Well, the fact of the matter is, what I... Guess I, I'm going to do, I guess, is I'm going to do that exact feat or that score or the highest score, which is a million sixty two. the one that they can't find the tape on at all, and that I've even been questioned if it ever happened or if they ever even had the tape. But since now we do have Twin Galaxies officials who say, yes, they did have the tapes in hand, they just can't find them. So I guess what I'm going to do is I'll go ahead and do that score, okay, just to put that, that bit of stupidity to rest. But I'll call upon another point. When I did that score, that was a world record, okay? And the fact of the matter is, I don't know of anybody, and I don't. It can be brought to my attention. I'm sure I'm wrong with at least one person, but I don't know somebody who went to an event, who played, who produced a score that was a world record. I keep getting told, gee, why don't you do it um, at an event? Gee, why don't you do it in public? That's the only place I've I've ever done a score, okay, that I've submitted. So I guess I'm held to a higher standard. I can think of several Donkey Kong players that I would have nothing but praise about. Nothing but praise. But their scores weren't done at a a live venue. But the answer to your question is yes, mine will be done at a live venue again. Wow. But But remember what I told you. Nobody else has done that. When I was at Life Magazine, okay, and I did the world's first kill screen in 1982, and I did it at a live venue. At an arcade, an arcade named Twin Galaxies, in front of the cameras of Life magazine and what was considered the 16 best players in the world. Yes, that was a live venue. When I did a perfect score on Pac-Man, which was considered the world's largest classic arcade, yes, it was there on a holiday weekend. There was a zillion people. Okay, there was media, there was everything. I announced it. I sent out a press release in advance, saying I was going to be there, saying I was going to do it. A live venue. When the game finished, I turned around, I gave a thumbs up, and the picture was snapped. I'd say that's pretty live. Back then, there was no direct feed technology, thank God. I had a camcorder over my left shoulder who recorded the entire game. I'm open to you giving me a long list of the people who have produced their world records in this manner. I have. I haven't done any garage scores and I'm not going to, but there'll be those small percentage of whatever you want to call them and they won't be satisfied. Nothing will satisfy them ever. So don't think you're going to stop seeing the silliness on the internet that you see. And I really don't care if they're satisfied. The people, like you, the good people that we met at the show, which not a negative person spoke to me at the show, those are the people that I interact with, and those are the people that I have fun with, so that's good.
1: I got one last question for you, Billy. It goes to that high score standard a little bit. Uh, you mentioned you did a lot of these feats at Twin Galaxies, the arcade that started the whole high score frenzy, so to speak, well, and
2: in- I did every feat I did, I either did it
1: at the Twin Galaxies Arcade,
2: Mm -hmm. or at a Twin Galaxies sponsored event. And the reason why is because up until the year 2000, the rule was, the Guinness rule, they would not accept any score except the score that was done at an event under Twin Galaxies observation. So every score that I did fell under the, that I ever submitted fell under that criteria.
1: And that's what I want to get to with this question. So we had the Twin Galaxies You know, the group that we knew originally. Walter Day obviously is the face of that champion of that group. It was originally Walter Day, Mm -hmm. and it went to a
2: Pete Bouvier, who has since passed away. It went to Jordan Adler, who was like two or three years. And in 2014, it came to the current regime, a Hollywood film producer.
1: That kind of brings me to my question, which is, do you feel that Twin Galaxy should still be considered the high score video game standard bearer in the industry? Or do you feel like it should move to another group or possibly over to the Guinness Book of World Records Exclusively, How do you stand on who should be the group that we all look at to say, okay, that's the real high score for this video game?
2: If you'll recall when I was on stage there, the very first thing I said, and I stick to this today, and I stick to witness in this interview, nothing that I say is according to Billy Mitchell. Everything I say can be backed up either by film or by written testimony of witnesses, events. Every bit of it can be fact-checked. I try my hardest never to say anything, according to Billy Mitchell. And your question falls right into that. Up until, hmm, wow, up until when? Up until not long ago. Uh, I'll try to be more specific. I don't know when, long after the year 2000. The standard was you had to produce a score under Twin Galaxies observation at an event. You couldn't have a garage score. You couldn't say, I taped this. There were scores that were done. There were scores that were recognized but they were not recognized by Guinness. The scores in Guinness would sometimes be different from other scores, but twin galaxies was the only authority that Guinness accepted scores from. Don't take my word for it. You look it up. It says so. Now, uh, Guinness accepts scores from many different credible platforms, many, and in many cases scores sent directly to Guinness, authenticated or accepted by Guinness and not through any other source. The fact of the matter is, and it's not according to Billy Mitchell, there are many scores in Guinness, more than the majority, that are non twin galaxies. And it has become to the point where that has become so instrumental. Less than half the scores in Guinness originate from twin galaxies, and therefore, When Galaxies has announced that they're going to present their own book of world records, they're going to go around Guinness because they feel their authority or their position with Guinness slipping. That's why they're doing their own book. It's not according to Billy Mitchell galaxies has said they're going to, need to do their own book In the old days the level of verification was far stricter that i had to play under that's why it was done at live events twin galaxies was far more revered for their accuracy and nobody else was accepted and then those other platforms are good platforms so that answers your question and it answers your question simply based upon the reality of today. As I say, I don't answer according to Billy Mitchell. I present you facts.
1: Billy, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you and to spend some time learning a little bit about the history of the video games and uh, the stuff that you've accomplished over the years and all the turmoil surrounding the controversy and everything else that's going on right now. We appreciate you taking the time to address all of these facts with us at Gen X Grown Up.
2: Well, one last thing I'd like to say. Fair enough. There's always one last thing, (laughs) Um, and I meant to say this in Atlanta at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Everybody, you see me at the booth, you see the fun we have, the laughter, the sharing of stories, um, how we all have a passion and reminisce and share our hobby and our experiences, and it's lots of fun and it's great to see people, even see the same people every year see and hear how their life evolves and um, both in and out of the hobby. And almost every, I would say everybody in that room saw me speak and saw me speak from a passion or an intensity that they've never seen me do before. And maybe they saw me do it in a movie or film or something that's funny or silly or not reality. But as far as on a personal level, no one ever saw me again speak with that intensity, that lack of humor and happiness that we all enjoy from the hobby. And I wanted to say to the people in the room, when I step outside this room, you will not see that again. We'll be back to what it is we enjoy doing. I don't know that I did everything correctly there on the panel. I'm sure that I didn't. I would give my apologies for the shortcomings I had and ask for forgiveness for those shortcomings. But the fact of the matter is speaking, speaking quickly and passionately, I meant to hit every point correctly and I probably did. Since then, I've been speaking to Preston from the show, who wants to release the film. And he said, is there a problem with it? And we talked about it a little bit. And I guess I'm making an announcement to Preston here. I'm sure i made mistakes. And I'm sure we don't have to edit anything that I made a mistake on. I just say that I'm human. And I'll go ahead and correct anything if I did make a mistake. And I'm saying, Preston, your audience is waiting. So go ahead and release it on, on your site and let the chips fall where they may.
1: Wow. Well, there you have it. So Preston Burton, who is the guy who runs the Sudden Fry Gaming Expo that you did your panel at this year, you're giving him the go-ahead to release this video of that panel. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And the fact
2: of the matter is what prompts me to do that is he called me while we were doing this interview.
1: Really? (laughs) I
2: see the phone interrupt and I go, oh, yeah, I was supposed to get back to you, wasn't I, Preston? (laughs) But again, I'm sure I made mistakes. And I'll just have to live with them, but, uh, and I'll correct them and I'll apologize at a later time for anything, but I think I followed the cue exactly the way I meant to anyway.
1: Yeah. And I would say that if you did make any mistakes, most people are probably going to see them as honest mistakes because we're all human. And I applaud the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there and step out in front of this and answer questions now about it, especially direct questions. Uh, it's, It's refreshing in this day and age to see someone do that. Billy Mitchell, we appreciate your time. We appreciate that you've spent time with us here at gen x grown up and we look forward to seeing what's next for you we can't wait to see that dk high score we'll talk to you another time stay happy sir we'll talk to again bye
0: thanks for checking out this special edition of the gen x grown up podcast again if you linked here from our youtube channel and aren't a regular please consider subscribing and checking out our regular thursday shows and fourth listener as promised we will be back thursday with our regular show we will see you then bye bye This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more.